God has me in this position for a reason. He wants me to be able to glorify his name on a bigger stage. Um, and just having that hopeful waiting period of my life is what's gotten me to where I am today. And I also try to think back to when I was a kid, how I would look at Titans players. Um, they seem like superheroes. And now that I have that platform, I need to be able to use that, um, you know, for God's kingdom and to be able to glorify his name more. And, uh, you know, when I'm done playing, I know that that platform is going to decrease by a lot. Um, so I'm going to try to make the most of, you know, what I have while I have it. Welcome to the Brentwood Academy podcast. We are a co-educational, independent college preparatory school near Nashville, Tennessee. Our mission is to nurture and challenge each whole person, body, mind, and spirit to the glory of God. This podcast will give you a glimpse into the stories, lives, and relationships that make BA such a special place. For more information about BA, visit BrentwoodAcademy.com. Now on to today's episode. Over the years, we've enjoyed seeing the success of many of our student-athletes who have gone on to play at the professional level. Dawson Knox from the class of 2015 is currently playing for the Buffalo Bills after playing college ball at Ole Miss. His road to the NFL wasn't typical, predictable, or honestly very likely. In this edition of the podcast, Brentwood Academy Admission Director and Football Coach Jason Matthews talks with Dawson about the journey, how his faith helped him persevere through significant trials, and life in the NFL. All right, this is Jason Matthews. I'm sitting here with a class of 2015 BA graduate, uh, Dawson Knox. Dawson and I have known each other for a number of years, so it's a pleasure sitting down and talking with you. Thank you for coming in today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, first thing I want to ask is, heck, this has been an amazing year. Tell me what the last 365 days have, <laughs> have been like in the, the Knox household. Well, the last year was probably the longest year of my life, it felt like. Um, starting... January 2nd of last year, I left Nashville to go train in California with the agent that I had just signed. Um, we were doing all the pre-combine training, working out, getting ready for the 40 and all those little things that um, you train so long just for you know an hour of testing and during the combine. So that was tough. A lot of interview prep. Um, then from there to pro day stuff, which was really similar. Um, and then finally the draft came, which was a crazy night because there's, you know, 32 teams out there. You have no idea where you're going to spend the next few years of your life. Um, so thankfully that went well. Um, I ended up in a place that I've, that I've really been enjoying so far. Um, Buffalo's great. It's a lot different than here. I, I heard that a few schools got canceled this morning from the one inch of snow That's that right. we got. That's and right. I would Dangerous. wake up with a foot of snow on the ground, not knowing what to do. Um, but I really enjoyed it based on just my teammates and the coaches that I had. Um, and then after the season started, it was really, it started going a lot quicker um, with a game every Sunday. Um, the stage was it felt a lot different than Ole Miss just because it was, you know, now it's your full-time job. There's no classes. There's nothing else to distract you from being good at football and every little thing you do scrutinize. So like they even have little GPS chips in our pads during practice that'll show how fast we go, how far we run. And if we, you know, are slacking off during a damn practice, they'll come up to you and be like, Hey, what's up? Are you feeling all right? Like you need to go a little faster tomorrow. Um, so it was just a lot more detailed than I was used to in college, but um, I really enjoyed it for the most part. 
Well, I'm telling you, there's there's some great stories through BA history, but I I, I will be telling yours for years to come. Uh, I want to go back in time. I want to hear I want to hear more about the pro stuff uh, later, but I'm going to go back in time, and I'm I'm looking through all my little um, pictorial books, and I'm looking at the class of 2009 when a little pudgy kid shows up here. I think is in seventh grade from St. <laughs> Paul. Uh, and yep. uh, yeah, and uh, right. there's Dawson Knox. And what you look like today is not what you look like back there in 2009. So tell me, walk through me that process of what what uh, intrigued you about Brentwood Academy. Why did you end up here? Well, yeah, thankfully I don't look quite like I did back then. But cute. Um, you were cute. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so my mom actually had me take like six or seven different visits to different high schools and middle schools. Um, but after I visited here, it was like, it just felt at home pretty much right away. Seeing the dens and the, you know, seventh grade and the eighth grade, um, just the way the teachers interacted with the students when I would sit in on class. Um, it wasn't as much of a, you know, there wasn't a huge barrier between students and teachers. It felt like it was pretty personable and the students really seemed to enjoy asking questions and getting feedback from the teachers. Um, and then obviously like the sports facilities were unreal. Obviously, as a you know sixth grader, I didn't really know what I was looking at yet, but it was just a step above everything else I had visited. So that was really fun, also. And um, I just wanted to continue that legacy because both my parents went here, and, um, and there wasn't really a close second option. So after I visited here, it made my uh, choice pretty easy. So when you were, you know, everybody sees at least the people that just now get to know Dawson Knox. They say you use this NFL player. Um, when you were in seventh grade or sixth grade, did people say Dawson Knox? This guy's going to be in the NFL one day. <laughs> no chance. Um, uh, I don't. I mean, I think I was playing. I started playing quarterback in seventh grade. I played running back back at St. Paul. Um, mm. So I was. You know, I think I was splitting reps with Ryan Victory at the time. And then when eighth grade came around, I wasn't even playing. I was the kicker. That's the most action I would see on the field. I would kick extra points. Uh, but my claim to fame in middle school football was kicking the extra point to beat NBA 7-6. to six. Still talk um, about it today. <laughs> yeah, so that was um, – I definitely wasn't playing a whole lot. I played basketball and track. Um but yeah, it was I was struggling just to get on the field. I felt like I was pretty undersized compared to most of my classmates. So you get here and you, um, I mean, everybody um, is probably that's heard Dawson Knox is, is thinks NFL Buffalo Bills, but people don't know that you are a really, really smart dude. Um, you took multiple AP classes. Um, uh, we'll get to the Ole Miss uh, graduate stuff here in a second, but um Tell me about what you were involved in at Brentwood Academy. What what did what what was the Dawson Knox um, catalog here at Brentwood Academy? What all did you do? Um, so besides the sports, I like to I try to get it in get in as many honors and AP classes as I could. Your AP economics classes was one of my favorites my senior year. It was the favorite from what <laughs> right. I remember, right? Um, even though you kicked me out of class at some point, it was, uh, it was still pretty fun. Um, Trying to prove learn a, a lot. That That's actually, I tell people that's what um, got me interested in the business side of the world. And that's what made me want to major in finance and um, markets and college. But um, I was pretty involved with FCA. I was an FCA officer. 
um, which just means I helped organize meetings and bring in speakers to talk. And we would have meetings almost every week, um, which was pretty fun just to grow spiritually with a lot of the athletes that were in school with me. Um, but I was nowhere close to being valedictorian or anything like that, but I definitely took schoolwork seriously. And thankfully it paid off for me because I ended up walking on and I had some academic scholarships, which really helped my dad pay for the college. Cause if I, you know, had to walk on to somewhere and pay full tuition, that would have been really tough. That's, that's, it's a great story. Um, I think a lot of young men and young women who listen to that, um, are going to rewind it and want some more explanation. We're going to come back to that as well. Tell me if I say, if I ask you the question, what are some of your best BA memories? And and again, it it can be athletic, but it can't be. But I mean, it doesn't have to be. Tell me what some of your best memories are at Brentwood Academy. Um, Starting in middle school, um, some of my favorite things were the um, Mega Riot. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just going and play, playing capture the flag against all the seniors, um, just running around, you know, being middle school kids was really fun. The dodgeball tournament um, where you pick your little team in middle school and go play against all your friends. Um, just little outside of school, things like that were really fun, organized by BA. And then obviously sports were really fun for me, um, traveling to different basketball tournaments on the weekends with some of my teammates, Turner Bacon, Ryan Victory, some of those guys. Um, Within in school, as I got into high school, it was really fun. Um, Started getting into some of those dances, like the Sadie Hawkins dance Mm -hmm. and homecoming. Um, I was felt super awkward while I was actually out there on the dance floor Mm -hmm. or whatever, but it was still really fun just seeing your classmates outside of the school environment. and then as I started getting involved more with FCA and started knowing my role on the football team and getting in a routine with the classes, it started just becoming second nature to where I could enjoy it a little bit more. Um, and it was just always fun being able to hang out in the hallways between classes with, it was kind of like a locker room atmosphere in terms of just being able to hang out with everyone and not really worry about outside things in between classes um, in those hallways. Um, and those are memories that I'll have for a long time. So so you were, we get to high school, uh, you wait your turn to play quarterback. Um, and I'll let you tell the story, but uh, walk me through the lead up, maybe go from your junior year, what your role was, off season, and then go to your senior year, and then set up what happened with the tragic beginning of your senior year was um yeah so I think I'm pretty sure I still have the roster somewhere from my junior season going into it I was I think I was like maybe 5'11 165 or something 175 Um, probably 175 um 85 maybe (laughs) definitely wasn't 85 but I was playing backup quarterback behind um Tyler Swafford I was playing some backup receiver um, so I would get minutes at the end of the game if we were running, winning really big at quarterback. I'd rotate in just a little bit at receiver. Um, didn't really have a big role on offense at all. Um, and then finally going into my senior year, I finally hit a little growth spurt. Um, I think I was about maybe 6'3", 210 going into, my, going into that camp my senior year. I secured the starting quarterback spot. Um, was really excited about the season because I had never played like a full season of football since sixth grade um, as like an actual starter. So 
I was really looking forward to it. Um, played a couple scrimmages, was really fun. Started clicking a little bit with the offense. And then um, the first game came around in Memphis at MUS, and it was the second um, half, first possession of the second half. Um, I was split out at receiver, um, caught a ball. I was running down the sideline and got tackled the wrong way, dislocated my ankle, and was done for the rest of the year. Um, so that was it just came as a shock to me because I didn't know why God had been preparing me to have a good season. He had finally given me the size and the ability to be able to contribute a little bit. So I was really frustrated, just didn't know what to think of it. Um, and was finally able to come to peace with myself. And um, I know God was showing me like, look, you just need to be patient. At the time, I didn't know if I was going to keep playing football or not, but I knew that he just wanted me to be a good teammate at the time. Um, so I really had to work on my leadership skills outside of actually on the playing field. So I had to, you know, be a good teammate on the sideline. I had to be the guy that would keep everyone positive. Um, so that really helped me develop that part of, you know, my game in terms of football. Um, and there was some clarity to come later down the road, but that season that the first couple of weeks after that injury was pretty tough. Um, but I had so many teammates and coaches and um, even teachers and close family members that helped me keep my head up. Um, I, I think my dad might have been more distraught than I was um, for a little bit, but um, I wouldn't trade anything for that day, weirdly, because um, I think it's gotten me to where I am now. It's helped me overcome a lot of the things that I've had to face. Well, talk to me about that faith component because, as you know, I was there with you. Uh, and, and again, I saw that road um, when you hit that growth spurt and finally taking that team and being the leader uh, of that team. And then, like you said, it was the first game. We go down there, we're going to have a huge season and um, trying to get you some um, some different positions out there for college. We didn't know that you were going to be the quarterback in college, so we were trying to get you some different positions out there, and then just a freak accident happens. Uh, and I'm, as I'm looking at that scar on your ankle, I realize, I mean, it was painful, obviously the injury, but to see the weight of all that work, and then it's gone. How, how and you said it a little bit, but talk to me about how your faith grew during that time. I mean, it, it's easy to say now that you're in the NFL, but at the time when you're at your lowest low, how much did you lean on your faith? Well, yeah. So leading up to that point, it was really just a routine with me and my relationship with God. I'd go to church every Sunday, do youth group stuff on Wednesdays. Um, obviously was helping out with FCA, um, but it wasn't really a deep relationship at all, I don't think. And then after that happened, it really caused me to ask a lot of questions. It really asked me to dive into that relationship and try to like I was praying more than I ever prayed in my life, just trying to figure out, you know, why I was put in that situation and why it was taken from me. Um, so, I mean, I read more scripture during those, you know, few months um, than I ever had leading up to that. And it really just, it, I think, I mean, I look back at that point and it set me off to on a trail that led me to where I am today in terms of the relationship I have with God. Like I, before that, I wasn't, diving into scripture by myself. I would, you know, pray before I go to bed, but um, it wasn't about every day, like the little things that I would have questions about or whether or not I could help someone out. Like I wasn't um, deep in that relationship at all. So 
after that, um, I really, that was my last resort, you know, asking God why, asking him to show me, to give me a purpose behind the injury, um, to just help me, you know, rationalize why it happened. Um, and I mean, I can't, imagine where I am today without that circumstance and without that pointing me straight to God and getting me, um, you know, to where I am just cause in college, if I would have got to college without that, um, you know, without that injury, I don't think I would have been nearly as close to God as I was. Um, I would have probably gone to church, maybe done some Bible study things outside of football, but it wouldn't have been a personal relationship like it was without that injury. Um, the story about Dawson Knox that I love, and of course I love the result where it is now. I love the resilience. I love people do not know what you had to go through that year. People do not know what you had to go through the previous years when you were kicking or whatever it is. So I know we're going to have young men and young women who are listening to this podcast or thinking oh, Dawson Knox was always an NFL guy. And no, it, it was a lot of ups and downs and that's your story. And I love that you tell that story so well. Um, Let's move forward a little bit. Let's talk about the recruiting. So here you are. You get hurt your senior year. You work your tail off. You're a great leader off the field uh, all through that year, uh, mentoring a young Jeremiah Oatesfall. You have a um, great, great senior year. You actually come back and play the last game uh, before you go. But the recruiting, um, the people that are recruiting you are not what you know you are in your head. Talk about that process. Um, yeah, so as I was getting recruited, I, I think my first offer was Air Force. Um, didn't know anything about the school. I just was stoked to actually have an offer. And I was actually right before a track meet in the spring of my senior year. So obviously I knew that, you know, most of my friends that knew where they were going at the point, like they had had offers for a while. Um and I knew that I wanted to play somewhere big because I felt like I had been blessed with the ability to at least try to compete at the highest level. Um, I didn't know if I was going to succeed at that. But after praying, I actually started to realize where God wanted me to go. I really felt strongly about trying to go to the highest level in college. Um, so I didn't necessarily think that I wanted to take a smaller offer. I had a few others on the table as the season or as that spring went on. Um, but then I started getting some preferred walk-on opportunities, which just means you're a walk-on, but you have a spot solidified. So it's not like you have to go and try out. Um, you have a spot on the team as a walk-on. So I was actually supposed to visit Tennessee um, one weekend, and then it got canceled and rescheduled, which opened up that weekend for me to visit Ole Miss which I don't think I was ever going to be able to visit. Um, so we went down there, ended up falling in love with the school. Um, it had a really similar feeling to when I visited BA. I just knew pretty instantly that's where I wanted to be. It's funny because I don't have a single relative that went to Ole Miss. None of my families or none of my family members or fans or anything like that. I'd never even, or I actually had been to one game with Colton Powell my sophomore year of high school. Texas was playing at Ole Miss. I went down with Colton because he was a Texas fan, and I was wearing Texas gear at the Ole Miss game. <laughs> so 
um, that was my one exposure to Ole Miss. But at the time when I was down there, I didn't think of myself going there at all. But after that visit my senior year, I was like, you know, this I think this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, I had another visit about a month later, and then I was locked in. You know, I wanted, I wanted to be a rebel. I wanted to walk on. I knew I was going to be transitioning to tight end. Um, Evan Ingram was there. At the time, he's the tight end for the Jets, right? Or not the Giants, Jets, the Giants yeah. right now. And um, obviously, he was a, you know, astounding player. Um, but he was a great mentor to me. Showed me how to do things right on and off the field. Um, and I felt really good about that decision. And I, you know, just I know I wanted to play at the highest level, and I had to work really hard to catch up with some of the people that were already there. I was coming in as a, you know, tall, lanky quarterback that had to put on some weight to be able to block SEC DNs, which was a whole, you know, task in itself. But um, I had some really, really great support system that got me there. Well, <clears throat> I know you won't, I know you won't um, brag about this part of it, but you, you said earlier you made it to Ole Miss on part from an academic scholarship, a whole bunch of academic scholarships to where I know it helped your family out, but you were not there very long before they decided to put you on full scholarship. Um, great moment. I remember when it happened. Much deserved. But as you wake up, you're on scholarship. Uh, you're playing for Ole Miss, and you look around, and you're on the field with a lot of studs. You guys were a fantastic offense. Um, I know you didn't get as many catches as you wanted to. I know that was a big story at Ole Miss. But talk about that last year you were there, not so much playing with all those studs, the AJs, um, but about playing with your brother. How special was that? Yeah, so getting Luke to Ole Miss was super exciting for me. Um, he, like, like me in high school, he had a couple smaller offers, but he knew he wanted to play somewhere bigger. And he ended up taking his visit to Ole Miss um, – because they were thinking he was going to walk on. And I told the coaches, I was like, look, you know, I don't think he's going to walk he's on. Going he's going somewhere else if he has to walk on. Yeah. Right. He's got a couple other offers well he played. really likes. He did awesome on that. Um, great. Which I really did think. I know it was, but it put the pressure on him. It was um, great. And then they realized how bad they actually want him when they got to see him in person, see how big he actually was. And they reevaluated his film, and they were like, look, we need to get make sure we get this dude here. Um, which I was more excited than anyone, probably besides him. Um, being able to see him out on the field with me again. Because in high school, as a senior, he was a freshman. He wasn't really – he wouldn't really practice with the varsity. And obviously, I didn't practice That's for right. very long um, after the injury. But having him out there on the field with me again for a full season was just crazy. Like, it was, you know, stuff people dream about. Um, and it was fun. He was on scout team his yeah. redshirt year, and I was yeah. – um, uh, starting at tight end, so I was able to block him a little bit, show him some who brotherly won, love. Who won most of the field. battles? Uh, thankfully, I was able to uh, hold my own a little bit, but he there were a few plays yeah. where he brought a little bit of, you well, know, he brought some pop that I wasn't expecting. We'll get Luke on here later and see, <laughs> see what Luke says. Uh, just watching your parents beam with pride, uh, your little brothers just watching that um, from, the, from the sidelines. It, it was pretty special to see. It was pretty special for me to watch as well. Um, Let's move forward. We don't have much time left. I want to I want to talk about go back to draft night. Of all the places the draft can be, it's in Nashville. You had a big party, um, pre-draft party. Tell me about that build-up, where you <laughs> thought you were going to go, 
that night. You can even mention the Colton Powell um, jumping <laughs> off on a table or something like that. Talk, talk about that. Um, yeah, so I knew that I wanted to have my closest friends and family over to the house, and we were just going to watch it on the TV. Um, so my agent was saying going into the draft um, a few weeks before, we were hoping second round. Mm-hmm. Um an MRI came out on my knee that kind of showed there was, you know, maybe some question marks there um, based on a meniscus tear that I had in college, which I didn't think was a big deal at all. But apparently there were some red flags for a couple teams. Um, so he was thinking maybe it was going to be third or fourth round. Um, and that night that I actually had people over was night two of the draft, which was the second and third round. So we were really hoping I'd go third round so we wouldn't have to wait for the next day for the fourth round. Um, so I started getting late into the third round. We had already been sitting around for about three hours. Um, and my agent was telling me, you know, it's either going to be new England at the end of the round, or we're going to have to wait till tomorrow till the fourth round. Um, and the last few picks of the third round start coming around and I get a phone call from a New York number and on the TV screen, there's been no trades or anything. Um, there's no New York teams left in the third round. So I'm really confused. I don't know what's going on. Um, and I answer the phone and it takes me a couple minutes to realize it's actually the bills. Cause they, the first thing they said was, you know, Dawson, welcome to the NFL. I hope you're excited. And they didn't say anything. Who about, are you? Where yeah, am I going? Right? And I didn't want to ask. Um, so <laughs> finally I figured out, I was talking to coach McDermott, um, you know, I was able to whisper to my dad, you know, I'm, go- I'm going to the Bills. And um, about a month before the draft actually happened, I visited the Bills, and it was unbelievable. Like, I didn't know anything about Buffalo, but the facilities are unreal. I love the coaches, and um, the whole city kind of revolves around the team, and they support the team with everything, so that's really fun. But um, So after I get the phone call, I walk back into the main room where everyone's sitting, and everyone's kind of starting to – get some more energy because everyone was getting pretty tired after sitting there for three hours. Um, and I finally tell them I'm going to the bills. Everyone starts freaking out. We see the trade happen where they traded up, mm-hmm. um, to whatever pick it was a couple picks right before the Patriots. And so we're just sitting there waiting for it to actually air on TV. And then five minutes later it comes across the screen and everyone's pulling out their phones, freaking out. And it was just one of the weirdest feelings of my life. Just knowing that, I'd grown up watching the draft. I, you know, almost idolized NFL players, and now I'm going to have that opportunity. Um, And it was all kind of coming full full circle for me, Um, just finally seeing my name come across the board. And all that hard work paid off, huh? Right. Yeah. It was kind of just a big breath of fresh air for me, and so different than college, where I was fighting to walk on, and now I was actually getting a, you know, pretty good spot on a NFL roster. Before we finish, I want I want to get a couple quick ones in. You had any uh, rookie pranks played on you? <laughs> so thankfully, the veterans in my tight end room were pretty um, pretty nice to me for the most part. Um, there was one day uh, right before the preseason started where they straightened my hair oh, <laughs> all the boy. way out. Oh, that would um, And anyone that doesn't know me, I've got real curly hair, um, and it's pretty long when you straighten it. Apparently. <laughs> So they brought in a female trainer. She straightened my hair. It took like 30 minutes. I had no idea it was going to take that long. I had to <laughs> walk around the building that day with, you know, completely flat ironed hair, 
they coach McDermott <laughs> called me up in front of the whole team and just had me stand there. Um, which was miserable because it was. I'm sure there's some pictures about this. Pictures oh yeah, I have some pictures, but good. I'm not sending them to you. <laughs> I'll find them. Uh, two more questions. You're so close to your friends here. I assume they've been really close to you, and I assume mm. they're really important to you. Do you get to see them all? Way, see them at all when you're up at Buffalo? Yeah. So um, I actually just got done hanging out with Brandon, John, and Ryan Victor the other night. Those are two of my best friends yep. that. Um, I'll probably have with me for the rest of my life. Yep. Um, Jacob Creighton, yep. I saw him a couple weeks ago, and I'm planning on seeing him again this weekend. And it's probably those three guys that you know I want to be friends with for the rest of my life. Yep. And I couldn't be more thankful for meeting them here. Yeah, um, they were able to come to a few of the away games. Like they were all at the Titans game, and I think we actually play in Nashville again next mm -hmm. year. Um, they weren't able to get up to Buffalo for a game this year, but I know Ryan and Brandon are talking about doing that this season. Um, but it's so fun just being able to see them there on the sideline and being able to talk to them after the game and stuff. And they all got Bill's jerseys and stuff, which is it's know, a hot really ticket fun. item down here in Nashville. <laughs> you would think, but Dawson Knox jersey. Yeah. Well, um, so the last thing I have for you is something I have from shared experience. Uh, you, you're, in a, you're in a position where everybody's telling you how great you are. You're in a position where everybody wants to talk to you. You're in a position where everybody has eyes on you and everybody has Dawson Knox jerseys. And um, tell me, uh, at the end of the day, how do you keep yourself grounded? What is your spiritual compass that brings you back and says, this is a temporary job. Uh, mm -hmm. At the end of the day, this is who I am. And it doesn't have to be a scripture per se, but tell me where your faith is that brings you back to ground zero. Well, it actually is a scripture for me. It's Isaiah 40, 31, and I know it's written all along the walls at Brentwood Academy too. Um, it says, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Um, that's the first part of it, and that's kind of what has stuck with me because senior year of high school, there was a lot of waiting. I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, the Hebrew word for wait in that verse actually means wait with hope. So it's kind of different than the English word. Um, and that's the original language it was actually written in. And I actually have that, um, the word for weight, tattooed on the inside of my forearm. And it's my only tattoo. I don't want to get any other ones. But it's just kind of a daily reminder that I can see. Um, it just reminds me of that walk-on mentality, you know, wait for my opportunity. Um, God has me in this position for a reason. He wants me to be able to glorify his name on a bigger stage. Um, and just having that hopeful waiting period of my life is what's gotten me to where I am today. And I also try to think back to when I was a kid, how I would look at Titans players. Um, they seem like superheroes. And now that I have that platform, I need to be able to use that, um, you know, for God's kingdom and to be able to glorify his name more. And, uh, you know, when I'm done playing, I know that that platform is going to decrease by a lot. Um, so I'm going to try to make the most of, you know, what I have while I have it. Well, I said it before, um, Brentwood Academy is really, really proud of you. There are very few examples that we have of a young man who's had to go through so much and represents us so well. So I know you're a busy man. Thank you for your time. Thank you for how you represent this school. And we appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Happy to do it. Thanks for listening. It's always great to hear the wonderful stories, moments, and insights from members of the BA community. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, we want to hear it. Just visit BrentwoodAcademy.com forward slash podcast to submit your episode idea today. Mm -hmm.